0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. Time. Now, there was a young lady here that last week was by my share with a couple of other young ladies. They were very disturbed by something that I said. Um, and I take criticism. But I think that, that it was very misunderstood what I said. I opened up my share last week and I said that a woman's Talmud is her tznis, which the Kabayashah says very clearly. That that a man got got um, not only kaviyosches. worked there many places? That a man got six hundred thirteen mitzvot, and a woman doesn't have all the mitzvot that a man has, but she has this mitzvah of sniz, which is like her Torah because there's a lot in sneis, there's a lot to learn in sneis, and maybe there's even six hundred thirteen parts about sneis. Is not only the way you dress; it's the way you walk; it's the way you talk. It's, it's not it's not, it's it's very important. But they were very hurt because they thought I said that you know. A woman, all you're about is sneers, and that's it, finished. You don't have to learn, and your learning doesn't mean anything. Education doesn't mean anything, and all the women that get up and speak and give drushes that doesn't mean anything. And the old, the, I think when I started novel, it's probably one of the things that I try to work on the most, is that Jewish women feel that Judaism is very based on man. And it's a very chauvinistic religion. And, you know, the men get to wear tefillin, and we don't. The men get to do all these mitzvahs, and we don't. And uh, they worked in the Base HaMikdash, and we got stuck out in the chutz or somewhere. And they get to say Shalom Shani Isha, and we say Shalom Shani And it's so wrong. It's so wrong, because the woman's part in Yiddishkeit is equal, if not more, than the man's part, because she's the one who brings up the children. She's got Karas Habayas. She builds the house. So, so you know, it, it's, it's sort of like a, a first baseman in baseball being jealous of a left fielder. First baseman plays one part of the game, and the left fielder plays another part of the game. And he's not supposed to play left field, because the first baseman goes out to left field, and there's no one at first base. So, so a woman's job is as important as a man's job, and, and it's a different job. That's all. That's all. It's just different. It's not less important, more important. It's different. They have different roles in the partnership. In the religion, just like in a business, there's different roles. There's the buyer and the seller. There's the, there's the, the, there's the accountant. You know, if I was the accountant, then my business would, not, would be bankrupt a long time ago. I'm not good with numbers. So that's not my job. My job is whatever I do. And I have to do the best job that I can. And I just think it was very misunderstood that I got up and said, Ugh, you guys, you can't learn. i It doesn't mean nothing for you. Just, you know, wear a long skirt and have a nice day. That's all God wants. I, I never said that. I've never said that. If I felt that way, then our novel wouldn't be giving you a shear I would just tell you all, go home, get yourself long skirts and long sleeves, and goodbye. Have a nice life. You know, I don't, you don't need, I don't need to talk to you. Save a lot of talking, right? So I created a place where you go to shear, and you have two in a night. So, so what? I, what I was trying to say, which was all the svarim say, is that as important to a man is as is tyra. That's how important Sneas is to a woman. It doesn't take away from you. In fact, if you ask me, right, that adds. Because if you're a princess, you have to dress like a princess. And, and, and a man, you know, I can go play basketball in a cut-up t-shirt and shorts. You can't. Why? Because you're a princess and I'm not. So maybe I'm not even on your level. So, you know, sometimes when you try to compliment people, and I think that's what Hashem did with sneers and women, They take it as an insult because it's just the way it is. But Chas Shalom is just the opposite. It's, it's you are the princess, you are the queen of your house, you are the foundation of your house, dressed apart. That's not an insult. That's praise. Just the opposite. So that was my comment last week. And the truth is that a woman does not have a mitzvah to learn Torah. The Rambam passage is very open, very straight, that you don't have a mitzvah to learn Torah. That's not your mitzvah. Talmud Torah is not you. That doesn't mean you shouldn't want to. I'll tell you something even more interesting. I find that giving shirim to women, to girls, is much easier than giving shiram to men. Because they come to a shir to learn. They really want to learn. They want to do what you say. They're much more spiritual. You guys are a much higher level. Guys, I have to like, if they come to the shir to hear what the rabbi says so that they can say he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right, we have we have this thing. We don't like to be told anything. Don't tell me how to learn. Don't tell me how to walk. Don't tell me anything. That's why we don't like to go to therapists and we don't like to ask directions because you know Haha, I'm a guy. I need get there. Don't tell me what I have to do. Right? So, we're like that. We need 613 minutes to keep us under control. That's why you don't put on tooling. You don't need to put on tooling. That's a compliment. You don't need to put on tilling. That's what's funny, I'm, I'm the will of Hashem, you're not, you're not, I am, so I have less mitzvahs than you, because I'm a little bit more normal than you are, and the Gemara says if men didn't have mitzvahs, we'd destroy the world, that's what it says, it's very, very, very now, so the Rambam says that you should, that the that, that girls don't have a mitzvah, tam-a-tayr. so what are you all killing yourselves in school, right, learning Navi, Chumash, Halacha, all these things, mm-hmm. the Rambam says that Talmud is not a mitzvah for girls, and the answer, and, 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 and this, I think, was even asked to Schneer, who started up a school to teach girls Tyra. What do you teach your girls girls Tyra for? Just leave them in the house, let them cook, take care of the kids. I know, I know, start throwing chairs at me. But, you know, that was the, what the mom said. And the answer that Schneer gave, I believe, was that that was good in, the, in those times. But now that the world is on such a low level, Right, that, that a woman needs to learn and needs to go to shiurim and needs to use her brain and needs to learn Torah because if she doesn't do that, she's going to get all these craziness that's in the world is going to be in her head because if you got Oprah Winfrey in your head and all the other stupidity that's on TV and The Bachelor and, and the, and the and American Avoy DeZorah, the American Idol and all the other things, right? you have that, your head's full of that, then you can't, you can't be a mother to a Jewish kid and, and a wife to a Jewish man and, and bring up a house the correct way. So Sarashnira so said there's just too much garbage in the world that they're going to start reading. Actually, at that time the, is when they started reading um, Geyesha books. She was very anti the Geyesha book stuff because girls were reading this stuff and that's what was filling up their heads. So she said better to teach them Taira and, and, and to learn and that's why the basiacals in all the schools, not only basiacles, all the schools, pump the kids. I've spoken to principals many times, they'll say I pump the kids with Torah, so if if they're not busy a whole day, then they're gonna get all the stupidities in their head. And and that's why women learn and there are some brilliant women out there, you know that I listen to their sheer. There's some very brilliant women out there that, that know how to learn Torah and know how to give a fantastic shir. And kalakavot to them. There's nothing wrong with that. The Rambam says that when he, in that time, you didn't have to learn Talmud You didn't have to learn Torah. There was just a time where you could just take it out. It's just not the way it is anymore. Women drive. Women go to college. Women get out there. Women turn on the news. Women read newspapers, and all this stuff is is absolute like dirt that you put into your head. And if you don't have Torah to come to combat it, you're just going to end up going off the cliff. So that's why girls learn, and that's why the yeshivas pump and pump and pump and pump and push and push and try to keep you busy and give you homework and make you crazy that you don't have any time because idle time brings to idols. It brings to avoy zara. That's what idle time, that's why it's called idle time. It's 're de zara. When you have nothing to do with yourself, that's when you get into trouble. That's when you start chilling, and when you start chilling, it's not a good thing. So... So yes, I believe that women should learn Torah. And yes, I believe that women should daven. And and if it's a mitzvah of this, it probably isn't a mitzvah, because that's what he paskins. And that's why you love to learn. Because the Gemara says, right, that G'dayla Mitzvah, it's a bigger mitzvah, the person who has the commandment to do the mitzvah, M'shea Mitzvah, than the person who is not commanded to do the mitzvah. And the Gemara asks, I would think just the opposite. Ah, I have a mitzvah to put on filling. You don't. So if you don't have the mitzvah put on, and you put it on, wow, you're greater than me. I have to do it. You don't have to do it. So that's what the Gemara asks. I don't understand what you're talking about. It should be just the opposite. If you're not commanded to do it and you do it, you're greater than the person who is commanded to do it. Right? Makes sense. So the Gemara answers... Right. You're not, you don't have to do it, and you're doing it. So the Gemara answers that if you have a mitzvah to do it then you have a Yetzirah not to do it. If you don't have a mitzvah to do it, then the Yetzirah doesn't bother you so much. So a man who has to learn Torah, he has a mitzvah, we're going to talk about it tonight, he has a mitzvah to learn Torah so his Yetzirah is making him crazy. He comes to the shir, and he's thinking about football and basketball, and he's sleeping, and he he can't learn. He's like all over the place. And Baruch Hashem, you don't have a mitzvah, so the Yetzirah doesn't make you crazy. He makes you crazy about other things. right? And I'll, I'll... Connected to what I said last week. It doesn't make you crazy about learning. So you come to Shiram. No problem. There are women who go to a shir every single night. Find me a guy, right, that doesn't have to go to a shir. that goes every single night to a shir, And you're not even doing daf Yemi. So it's not like at the end you could say, I finished shas. You're not even doing daf me. You're not finishing anything. You're just coming to learn. Right? Because you don't have a Sahara not to come to learn. A little bit you have. But not, not on the level that the person who's Mitzvah, who has to do it, Tnius. I don't have a mitzvah of tnius on the level that you do. The, the kain in the Besan hamikdash, right? He wore shorts. His the pants that he wore only went up to his knees. You can't wear shorts, but the kain wore shorts in the kodesh kedoshim, in the kodesh. not the kodesh kedoshim because that was, but where he was working, right? We don't. A man doesn't have that. I have to have a my sleeve has to go up to my to my elbow. I don't have that. So, I don't have a Yetzahara to walk out like that. Because I'm not Mitzvah. So, like, it's not a big deal for me. You have a Yetzahara when it comes to sneers. And every woman is struggling, whatever level she's on in sneers, she's struggling with her sneers, And that's the struggle of a woman. That's her Torah. That's what she's Mitzvah. So, therefore, that's what the Yetzahara is making her crazy about. Especially when you're a teenager. Who oh, made up this rule? Where did this come from? Where did you go, right? They never said, who said you should go to a shir? Girl never called me up and said, show me where it says I should go to a shear. They love to go to a shear. Mm-hmm. But show me in the Torah which rabbi made up that I have to have my sleeves to my elbow. Who said that? Show it to me. Where does it say in the Torah? Show me the posa. <laughs> what are you getting so crazy? The answer is, because you have a mitzvah, you have a mitzvah in sneers, So your Tahara is making you crazy about Sneers. I'm not. So it's the opposite of what you think, says the Gemara. You think that the person who's not commanded is greater. It's the other way around. The person who's commanded to do something has much more. It's all right. And it's very simple. We know that if your mother tells you to clean up, you don't want to. Right? If she tells you to clean up, you don't want to. But if she doesn't tell you to clean up, you might just surprise her. Because you didn't tell me I have to. So I don't think you'd be to her or not to. But now that mother told me to clean up. Uh-uh. There's a hundred reasons why I shouldn't clean up. I'm busy, i this, i that, I can't unpack, whatever it is. But if you don't tell them anything, then it'll happen much easier. Okay, that's not my shit. And I just wanted to explain, they were very upset, these women, that last week, that Chasr Shalom, I don't discount your learning, just the opposite, we created a place, you know, for, you know, for your learning. But your struggle, most women struggle, that's, that's their biggest struggle, is Sneers is, is, is and, and, and maybe, maybe, you know, Roshon um, Hara. Because, because women like to talk, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're very good communicators. Usually guys are miserable communicators, right? We just communicate what we want. That's it. Also, I don't, we don't going to we'll talk about this a little bit tonight. We don't like to talk. Guys don't like to talk. We don't. We don't talk that much. Part of the, one of the, the biggest problems in shalom bias is, is the communications. There's nothing to talk about. They should give every... Anyone who gets engaged or before engagement, they should definitely give lessons in communication. Because a girl communicates... Right? And she's all excited. She tells her friends everything. Guy doesn't tell anyone anything. Doesn't, he, doesn't he doesn't say anything, really. We really don't like to talk. We don't like to talk. Uh, we, don't, we don't like to do anything, actually. We like to just sit there and watch the game. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very big change when, when, you have a, when you have a relationship with a girlfriend and you guys are always talking about everything and how you're doing it. And then the guy comes home and he's not, like, talking like that. He's not effervescent. He's not like, ha, <laughs> ha, You know, he's not into that whole thing. And you're like, oh, my God, I married a whack." A brick, you know. He should have been in a wall in a building. What is this guy? You know, <laughs> we're, very, we're very, very different. And, and you have to learn. That's one, one of the biggest things: is is to communicate. You know, your feelings. And guys, don't. What? Moshe Rabbeinu wanted his brother to communicate for him. To speak for him, right? Moshe Rabbeinu was a little nervous also in his communication, but that was for that was for a different reason. He was a pretty good communicator. Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about not a little bit. I want to talk about. I, I see I have a sign here looking for summer vacation So there's some kind of experience here For post-seminary women, Poland, Prague, Vienna and Budapest From August 9th to the 19th If you like, it's by Rabbi Greenberg Who's our principal of uh, Materas Nava, Rabbi Sigal He's the Manal of Afikei Torah And Mrs. Chana Silva, who's a Torah leader for this legacy It's called Lebes- Legacy in Poland So if you'd like to know about it um, Rabbi Greenberg is absolutely an amazing person They all are you can check out later before you leave, and I'm sure Avivit will help you out. Okay, next week, by the way, is our Shabbaton. We have Rue. We have, we have I guess they let you in this year. Did. Oh, you see that? I, I got my sleeping bag.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: and you have your ID? <laughs> okay, Baruch Hashem. 21. Okay, excellent. Um, so we're having a Shabbaton next week. We have room for 80 girls. We have, a, we have about 45. How many do we have? 60. Okay, so we have room for 20 more. It's a very different Shabbaton. It's sort of like a private little Shabbaton because there's not like 5,000 people. Um, it's up in the mountains in Tubby. It's very, very nice. It's very, very campy. You know, it's not like someone's gonna make you bed in the morning, like a hotel. It's like a little bit different. Actually, no one's gonna make you a sleeping bag. Little uh, little flypaper here and there. But it's nice. If I can handle it, if I can handle it, you can handle it. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah. Bring it off. Okay. Oh, tomorrow night, big wedding. Everyone's invited. An unbelievable wedding. God marries the Jewish nation. Shrewest night. So I talk about it every year, but last night I gave a totally different share. It's pretty late already, so I'm only going to take like half of that share tonight, and I'll do the other half of the share tomorrow night. Um, but I want to give you a little bit of a of a little bit of an insight. On what is Shavuos? What is this? And my question, my opening question tonight is, how come Shavuos doesn't have a mitzvah? I asked my seminary girls this week, what is a man's mitzvah on Shavuos? And they said, staying up all night and learning Torah. Absolutely wrong. There's no mitzvah, staying up all night and learning Torah. It is a minhag. And there's no mitzvah in the Torah when it says the of Shavuos. I do not say anything about that. Eating cheesecake. Absolutely not true. <laughs> absolutely not true. There's no halak in the tire that says, keep shvuris and eat cheesecake. No. doesn't say that. So cheesecake is not a mitzvah. It is a minhag, which may be more than a mitzvah on shvuris. It is a minhag to eat cheesecake on shvuris. There is no special mitzvah for a man on shvuris. Learning Torah is a mitzvah we have. Every single day, every single night, every single minute, men have a mitzvah to learn Torah. So Shruis is no different. So I asked, what is a man's mitzvah? And my seminary class could not figure it out. So then I said, what is a woman's mitzvah on Shruis? And they said, making cheesecake. Wow. <laughs> and for those women who don't know how to make cheesecake, making cheese blintzes. Right, and it's sort of like the chulent contest in the Bungalow colonies. See, you, one thing about us guys is like we're very into chulent, okay, and we're very into our wife's chulent. And in the Bungalow colonies, right, every single guy says, "Your wife, she makes a good chulent," but my wife's chulent is not normal. So you have to go after Shul, this guy's house and this guy's house, and that guy's house, and that guy's house. And then you got to come home and make believe you're hungry and eat what your wife makes for you. Otherwise, you're going to get into big trouble. Chulant is like a major competition. Major competition. On shvuis, for some reason, cheesecake seems to be a major competition. You have to see my house, right? I, I really thank everybody who sends me Arab shvuis cheesecake, right? But, you should see what's going on. My cheesecake, the cherry cheesecake and the blueberry cheesecake. And this year I got a sugar-free, Yeah, I don't know what I look like exactly, but I got a sugar-free, dietetic, no fat, 100%, you know, fat-free cheesecake. I'm like, the camera's not doing me justice, you know? And then somebody sent a caramel, ooh, with crunch. I was like, wow. Anyway. So, I'm not, I'm not advertising. Don't send, you don't have to send me cheesecake. But it's definitely not a mitzvah. Not a mitzvah, a woman's mitzvah to make cheesecake for Shavuos. <laughs> so, believe it or not, on Shavuos, the woman and the man have the same mitzvah from the Torah. And the mitzvah from the Torah is to have yontes. Zehu. That That's it. Shavuos. Is a day of Yontif. You should be happy. You should have Simcha. You should have a good Yontif. Question. Hey, that's a book. All right, have a good Yontif. Yontif, good night. I'll see you guys, everyone. Okay. Now, now, the question is, Pesach, very nice we got out of Mitzrayim. Why did we get out of Mitzrayim? To get the Torah. Sukkot is unbelievable. We made Sukkot in the desert. What we were doing in the desert? Going to get the Torah. And they're full of mitzvahs. Pesach, Matzah, Mara, Pesach, Chomet, Sukkis, Lulav, Esrik, Hadassim, our rabbis, building a sukkah. And that was all to get to where? All to get to the Torah. We come to the Torah, no mitzvahs. Party, chill, relax, enjoy yourself, eat, have cheesecake, have good things, right? this is what we were driving to, if this is what we were driving to, then, then why don't we have mitzvahs, special mitzvahs for shruis? I don't know, bring a rock into your house, say it looks like harsinai, I don't know, some mitzvah that will remind you, right, that it's that it's shruis. What do we do? Shruis, we bring trees and flowers, right? Nobody ever came and said, it's a mitzvah to have flowers in your house on shruis, Right? You should have seen the flower store. You should see Bakhasha what we did here. Crazy, everyone's buying flowers. What are you buying flowers for? You should have bought flowers and all these trees that they bring into Shul on Tubashvat. Is is the important now why do we have flowers? Who knows why we have flowers on... on uh, because it says in the Pasik, right? That you shouldn't bring your animals on the mountain. The mountain had asevs. it had grass and it had greens. So we want to remember you know the, the the greens and the so how come we don't like have like a mound of sand in the middle of the shul to remind us of Harsenite? Why why did you pick up the greens and, the, and and why do we eat cheesecake? Because the Jews after they got the Torah couldn't eat anymore because their pots weren't kosher. And it's brought down in some form that they never they didn't have milk because they felt that milk was abramenachai. We're not allowed to eat from an from an animal while it's alive. We're not allowed to take off a leg or right. So they said the milk is part of the animal, so they were, the Jews, it's brought down some from that they didn't eat, they didn't eat from the milk, they had no milk, they didn't drink any milk, because milk, they felt was Eber Menachai. So, right after they got to Torah, they were able to have milk, because we learned that it's not Eber Menachai, and we didn't have pots to cook anything, so they milked their, their cows and their goats, and whatever it is, and they made cheese, and, and that's what they ate. So we eat dairy, as memory. But it's only you're, not, you're, not to eat, you're supposed to eat flaschiks. Halacha is that every meal should be should have to have meat, and you have to have wine because that's simcha. So what the Mishneh says, you have to have borsa. So borsa <inaudible> <inaudible> viddagem, The Mishneh passes la halacha that what you should do is during the day of Shavuot is you should eat when you come home from shul dairy, right? Have a dairy meal, then wait, and then wash and have a meat meal. He says you cannot pass up the meat meal. Again, that's Mishavur says a lot of people just eat dairy. I'm not. I'm not telling you that you're doing the wrong thing. I'm telling you what the halacha, the Mishavur says that you have to eat meat. You have to eat meat. That's a, that's a sudas, a, a sudas something. So the question is like this. That's what you want me to remember. You want me to remember what they ate, and you want me to remember, the flowers that were in Hasinai? Isn't that missing, the whole point, of why we came to Hasinai? Like, hello. How about the Torah? What do you do? And the only reason we stay up a whole night, by the way, is not to remember Matan Torah. It's only because we, the guys, right, overslept. That's why you never get so angry at your kids, you know, at your son. It doesn't get up in the morning for a million. Look at them. They didn't get up. To, the, the, Hashem said, today you're getting the Torah and they all slept late. So now I stay up all night to make up for the, Jew, the Jewish guys that slept late, you know, probably because they were up all night learning, maybe, right, that they, they overslept. So we don't even learn a whole night in memory of getting the Torah. So you're remembering that I overslept, right? You're remembering that there were flowers on the mountain. You're remembering that after we got to Torah, my wife made a cheap blitz. Nice. All the stuff is nice, but, but the ichor, the main thing, when we got to the Torah, there's no mitzvah. See, Torah, we dance with a safe attire. Of course, we don't. That's strange. Simcha's Torah when you didn't get the Torah you finished learning you're dancing with the same Torah Shmuel is nothing regular tefillah yantaf at tefillah right? I'm opening your brains a little you never heard this before this is very it's like brain opening what's going on over here with this yantaf? oh what a beautiful answer of Shub Pinkus. he should be in Ganeid and he is in Ganeid he should just keep going up and up. he was amazing he gave this share. it was amazing I was listening to this share. I was like I never thought of these questions. It's like such an amazing question. Like, what are we celebrating over here? We're celebrating everything but what we should be celebrating. So he says like this. And the Gemara says, Hakol That there's a in the Gemara by every other Yantif, right? If the Yantif is for us or for Hashem. So they say it's Chatzilah Hashem, Chatzilah. You do your mitzvahs, you learn, you do your, right? You go to Davin. And then you enjoy yourself. The Gemara... Talks about Shavuos. It's a by Everyone agrees by that on that on the Beinon Nami Lohem that you have to have Lohem. Lohem means for us you have to enjoy yourself on Shavuos, which would be just the opposite. Shavuos was a spiritual holiday, and you're celebrating it physically. The whole thing makes no sense. The whole thing makes no sense. Okay, we're going to try to answer it. So he says the following. He says something very beautiful. He says like this: The Gemara says that when Hashem, um, when Hashem went to all the nations, he at, right, when he came to Yisshmol, Hashem said, "I have something, a present for you, something very special." So Yisshmol said, Mike Sivbe, What does it say in there? And Hashem said, "You shall not steal." Yisshmol said. I don't want this. Bye. So Hashem went to Esav. And Hashem said, Esav, I have a present for you. And Esav said, Mak Sidmei, what does it say? Hashem said, You shouldn't kill. Goodbye. Don't want it. He went to Moab. Moab said, Mike Sidmei, what does it say? Hashem said, You shouldn't commit adultery. Bye-bye. He came to Klai Yisrael, And he said to Klai Yisrael, I have a present for you. Nasab and Ishma. Let's go. Let's do it. And then you'll explain me what you got. He says something amazing. And this is what Shurus is all about. He says, and this is the reason we, one of the reasons that we stay up. This is from the, also from this, not only from Abshenshapika, this but from the Kabayasha. And, 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 and maybe that's a reason that a woman should also stay up. He says the following. He says that tonight, tomorrow night is the night of the wedding. It's the night of the wedding. We are, the wedding between the Jewish nation and God. We know, we spoke about Pesach a lot about this, that Pesach we got engaged. Tomorrow night is the wedding. Without getting into it, into the Kabbalah side of it, the the, the yichud, the the joining of Hashem and Klay Yisrael as one happened on Shavuos night. It was a yichud, el whatever that means. So, when you... Imagine you have an anniversary. I said this last night. The guys are not as emotional as you were. But even they were like, Oh, Rabbi. Okay. So, so there's this Hassan, And he really loves his kala. And they're coming to the wedding. And he knows that when he was dating her, every time he took her out, for dessert, she would order tiramisu. Tiramisu. Tiramisu, tiramisu. It's this little... Cup of unbelievable caramel I don't know it's amazing. So that's what she liked. She loved this dessert. Every time they went to every restaurant, that's what she wanted. So what did he do? Right? I said to the guys, Halavai, you do this, you know, ten years after you're married. But what does he do? He goes over to the caterer the day before the wedding and says, listen. What are you serving for dessert by the wedding? Oh, Vini's table, we're pulling out watermelon, this, that. We're serving the chocolate bomb, and it opens it up and melts. It's, it's unbelievable. Like people didn't have enough sugar that night, you know? Okay, give them some more, right? That's how they get the third dancing. After you eat that, you're like jumping all over the place. So he, told, he says, listen, do me a favor. When, we, when it comes to dessert, I want you to make tiramisu and I want you to give it to my cow. Wow, right? This is a guy that... Now, don't get angry if he doesn't do this. I'm just telling you a story. Okay, oh, my husband didn't do that. Oh, Robert Wallstein, you know, you know, why don't you tell my husband? Don't judge your husband. I'm telling you stories. Who said they're true, right? Okay. So, this is in, you know, in concept, in theory that there is such a guy out there. I don't know him yet, but I'm sure there is such a guy out there. Okay, when I find him, I'll send him your way. Okay. Anyway, so... So she sits there, and of course everyone's like, "Oh, Malutov, give me a bracha, give me a bracha." Also, the waiter comes and says, "Your your your husband asked us, you know, to order this special Oh my goodness! He's so thoughtful. He's unbelievable. Oh my goose pimples! Oh goose pimples! It's like forget about it. Wow, wow. Also, also, those flowers. Every table had flowers. She loved a certain kind of flower. He made sure that on the chasson table where they sat, let's say sunflowers, even though the whole room had the same flowers on every table, her favorite flower. He was very into her favorite. Her favorite flower was there. Okay. Beautiful wedding, pictures, everything nice. First anniversary. First anniversary. I don't have to tell you that he orders a table in a restaurant and that he orders her a huge tiramisu. And of course, the flowers from the wedding on his first anniversary, what is is he going to bring? Other flowers? The flowers that he had on her table by the wedding, those are the same flowers that are there on the anniversary. And the same dessert. Because he's so excited about that they got married together, he wants her to remember that special, special night. That's what Hashem tells us on Shavuos. No mitzvahs. No chametz, matzah, sukkah, shaking a little love. nothing. Just me and you. You remember? Remember when we got married? Remember the first thing we ate after the marriage was cheesecake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had no, they couldn't have meat. Remember the flowers on Hatzinai? Do you remember? I didn't just put you on some kind of desert. I had special flowers in the middle of the of the of the desert. I had special fun. You remember that? That's midhog. That's not what I had to do for you. That's what I did for you because I love you. Shu'as night, no halach, no mitzvahs. Shu'as night, it's me and you. It's the anniversary. I just want you to remember the night that we, that we got together, the night that we got married, which, was, which is Shu'as night. And staying up all night, talking to the chassin, talking to the kalla, talking to the chassin, is really the way that it should be. It's really the way the excitement, the adrenaline and the excitement of the chassan and the collar. Can imagine, right? You can imagine, I was telling them last night, imagine the chassan comes in, right? And it's the first night, they just got married. I gave them a whole Muslim shmooze on the limo. You know, everyone's big the big limo they have waiting outside, right? Big stretch limo that your friends bought. I think it's disgusting, in my opinion. What are you showing everybody? What are you showing off to everybody? She got her a limo. I'm like, do me a favor. Do me a favor. I want to see what you do two weeks later, right? The same guy who got you the limo. Everyone has to see what a great guy he is. Is like, oh, you, you grocery? Okay, here are the keys. Take the car. What do you mean? What happened to the limo? When everyone's watching, you have this big stretch limo. Where's the limo? Where's the opening the door? All your dates, you open the door for her. Two weeks later, open the door. She's happy you don't slam the door on her. So for everybody else in the world, ooh, I'm dating. I'm open the door, close the door, wait for you to put your feet back, and close the door. And I, Rebbe, should I? And they ask me, Rebbe, is it Sneers, You know, do I, do I, do I just, you know, open the door for her and then let her close the door herself? Because then she puts her feet in. You know, maybe her skirt will go up a little. So, I'm serious? It's a Shiloh, Maybe I shouldn't close the door. I'm like, well, just ask me the Shiloh six months after you're married, because I want to meet the guy that's still opening the door. <laughs> it's all a show. Well, you got to be real. It's not, it's not, you know, when you're showing other people that you're, that you're affectionate, then we know that at home you're not affectionate. If you have to show everybody else, that means it's not real. So I don't know about this limo thing. Whatever, but you know what? Now if you don't do it, I don't believe everyone does it and you don't do it. Yeah, what a loser. Right, so now you have no choice. You have no choice. But how have I, I told my guys last night, I want you to know, they're going to be good guys when I'm finished with them. I told them last night. To get the limo, save the money, the limo, by the wedding, and six months after the wedding, order a limo to take her out, you and her out to eat. Surprise her. It's worth a lot more than that limo. Because that limo is a mitzvah v'oisa. That limo, everybody does. so big deal. So what I Baruch Hu asked us on Shavuos night, and to, is to celebrate Shavuos, to be happy. Like, you are at a wedding. You don't have to tell a chassan and chasenikala to be happy at a wedding. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, this is my wedding. I don't want you to have anything else on your head shaking a lulav, eating matzah, uh, dancing with a safe and I don't want anything on your head. It's, it's our anniversary. It's our, actually it's more than an anniversary because every yonth is actually that thing happening. So it's our wedding. At a wedding, you don't tell the girl, do this, do this, do this, do this. You do tell nothing. It's a wedding. So Hashem gave us no mitzvahs on shvuz. That's the level of the connection of a Jew and God on shvuz. Now let me tell you how the guy messed up. There's a no ridiculous question. Hashem, they asked Hashem a fair question. Hashem said, I have a present for you. They said, what's what's inside? Right? So, I have a fantastic question to ask you. They asked Hashem a fair question. You're giving me something, I want to know what's inside. So, Hashem said, right, to Yishmael, you're not allowed to steal. Yishmael has the seven mitzvahs b'nai noyach. They're not allowed to steal without the Torah. So when Hashem came to Yishmael and said, what's inside? Hashem should have said, putting on tefillin. Putting on tzitzes. Kriyashma. What is Hashem telling them a mitzvah in the Torah that they already have? What kind of present is that? And if that's the case, that they weren't allowed to steal already, why did they walk away from it? They should have said to Hashem, oh, we, we do that already. We don't steal because it's one of the seven mitzvahs. And when he came to Esau... And, he, and they said, what's in it? And Hashem said, you're not allowed to kill. They should have said, we don't kill. That's one of the seven mitzvahs that a guy has that you're not allowed to kill. So, why like did Hashem tell Esau that you have to eat matzah on Pesach? Why didn't he tell them the specialties that, that we do? And the answer is like this. If a guy comes home and his wife says, you know, I really know that you love steak. And I know that you love a really good grilled barbecue steak. I've been in this kitchen for four hours today. I marinated this steak for you. This thing is like out of this world, sit down and have some. And he sits down and he takes his fork and his knife and he says, Chayla, before I eat this steak, I want to know every single ingredient that you put in the sauce. Do they have a good relationship? No, no. They have a very bad relationship. If he has to ask her, what did you put in now? You're going to say, well, maybe he's a diabetic and she put sugar in. Well, if she's married to him and they have a good relationship, if she put sugar in him she wants to kill him. right? So if he has a good relationship, he doesn't think his wife wants to kill him. He's not going to ask that question. So, HaKadosh Baruch it didn't matter what Hashem said. When HaKadosh Baruch said to the Goyim, I have a present. And they asked, what's in the present? Shem said, have a nice day. It says you shouldn't kill. You already know that. It's not for you. If you're asking me, it's not for you. If you bake your husband a cake, a chocolate cake, and he loves chocolate cake, and you give him a piece, and he's like, no. I'm not eating this Do you tell me every ingredient and how long you baked it and where you bought the ingredients at it? by the time he's finished like that, you, you took that cake and you gave it to your son and said, you eat it, your father's not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's giving me a hope for hair here, a whole test on what's in the cake. I love him, I baked him a cake, now he, get out of here. When Hashem came to Kal Yisrael and he said, Jewish people, I have a present for you. They said, with the fork? with the knife? Nasim and Ishma, let's eat it." Then tell me about it. Ooh, this is delicious. They didn't even have time actually to get the fork and the knife because Nasim means now. Hashem said, "I have a present. Give it to me now." They were all no, serious. They were all excited. God wants to give me a present. I'm going to ask God what's in the present. That means I have no relationship with Hashem. I don't trust Him. I don't love Him. Have a nice day. So the whole. Greatness of our nation. The Gemara says, everyone says, is our answer of Natsav and Ishma. And the Gaim said, You're a bunch of nincompoops. You're a bunch of idiots. You walk into something before you understand it, you take it? You got to check it out. Right? You got to check it out. And we said, You're the idiots. If God's giving you a present, what do you have to check it out for? Enjoy it. And then if Hashem wants to tell me why and what he put into the pie, fine. It's sort of like, you eat it, and then afterwards it's so good. You say, by the way, what did, how did you make this? It's a very different question than before you eat it, saying, tell me what's in it. Did you hear? These two people are asking the same question. One is asking in the beginning, what's in this cake before they eat it? That means you don't trust me. That means we don't have a good relationship. The other person ate the cake and then said, Oh my goodness, what is in this cake? That's what we said. We said, nah, We ate the cake. We said, nah, tseh, We're going to do these mitzvahs, fill in everything. We're going to do everything. And then, Torah, mitzvahs, learning? Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Tell me more, tell me more. That's for us. That's Shuas. Shuas is a night, not where you go. And you're like, oh, Rabbi Walsing said if I'm up all night and I keep my eyes open, right, then I'm going to live out the year. So I'm going to scotch tape these and I'm going to scotch tape these, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what the Goyim did. The, 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 the greatness of Shuas is when Torah becomes enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, do not stay up all night. Go to sleep, because you are telling Hashem that here's the, I, I don't I don't I don't enjoy this. I don't like what you gave me. And and, and the the I'll tell you. I don't I don't think that I'm a big Chacham. There are a lot of rabbis out there that can learn a billion zillion times more than me. And I don't think I'm the greatest teacher in the world. I think what I, a lot of what I do, and I talk about this a lot is this chutz of my father. My father made learning Torah fun. It was enjoyable. And that's what Hashem wants. His Torah is part of him, by the way. You should just know that. It says in the Gemara, that when you give someone a present, you don't go with the present. If I, you know, if I give you my car, right, okay, now that you gave me the car, you drive me everywhere. No, 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 no. I gave you my car. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't go with the present. I gave you a present, but I'm not part of that present. Right? I gave you a car. You know, here. I I bought a house for you. The house is for you. Okay. Make sure you vacuum Rebbe and and do all the windows and make the beds. No, 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 no. I gave you a house, but I don't come with the house. Right? The salesperson doesn't come with the car or the house, usually. (laughs) So, the Gemara says, oh, that when it comes to the Torah, being that Torah is part of Hashem, that Hashem comes through your learning, through the Torah, you get a part of God. He's the only one that comes with the present, and that's why a person who learns Torah and does mitzvahs—it's called godliness. He gets to that. He, he becomes. He has that aura. He has that kedusha because Hashem comes with the present. He didn't say, Here's the Torah, have a nice day." He comes with the present, and that's what Shavuos night is. And it says that Shavuos night is the is the din. It's very interesting. Is the night that we're judged on our spirituality. Rosh Hashanah, we're judged on everything physical. Who's going to die? Who's going to live? Who's going to starve? Who's not going to starve? Who's going to be poor? Who's not going to be poor? Who's going to be under stress? Who's not going to be under stress? Look at Unasana Tukif. Everything over there is all physical. On Rosh Hashanah, we're judged in the physical world. Shmuz night, we're judged in the spiritual world. And he says something amazing. He says that Yom Kippur is, 24, is 25 hours. It's 25 hours, right, that we fast. In the physical world, and if you say tzedakah, everything you don't do on Yom Kippur is, re- is to get rid of Aver. If you take a Tanish deeper, I don't talk. for All the things I talk bad. Uh, you can't have relationships with uh, a woman and a man. So any of the relationships that I had that were bad, I'm Mechila. Everything that you have, a th- I, whatever I, I, I can't eat, so anything I ate that I wasn't supposed to eat, that was trey or whatever it is, is a Kapara. Everything you do physically on Yom Kippur is a Kapara for the physical world. On, on Shavuos, it says that it's a Yom Kippur of the spiritual world. He says very interesting. The Kaaba Yosha brings down that that from the Zoyar and from the Ariyakadosh that any person who does not sleep one wink on the night of Shavuos from Davening Mayriv until Davening Shachris is guaranteed to live out that year, guaranteed, and not to have any nezek, any damage. So he says very clearly. He also says that if you think the first night is holy, the second night is holier. So in Chutzlah, we have the second night. In, in Eretz Israel, they don't have the second. Why? Because little does most people in this room know that we didn't get the Torah on Shavu's night. We got the Torah the next night. Because Hashem said, Hashem said, three days of preparation, then you're going to get the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I need another day. We're not going to be ready in three days. I need another day. So Hashem pushed it for another day. So tomorrow night is not the real anniversary. The next night, the second night. And therefore, he says a smart person also stays up the second night. Very few people do that. But whoever learns that Kavayasha knows that the second night is the secret night. Because the second night we have, they don't have an Eretz Yisrael. Now, so the question is, if the second night's really the anniversary, right, then why do we celebrate the first night altogether? It was the fourth day of preparation. And the answer is that once God said, in Tzivui, that I'm giving the Torah, right, on that night it became, what when God says something, it becomes, that's what it is. Even though Moshe Rabbeinu pushed it off a night, and we actually got the Torah the second night, but since God said that, the first night was set aside for getting the Torah, that's the anniversary. But the second night is also huge. Now, when I was preparing the shir, I realized that a person who stays up the first night, and he stays up the second night, is up 25 hours. So just like on Yom Kippur, you fast 25 hours, to fix all the things that you did wrong, if you keep both nights of and you stay up both nights the whole night, then you learn 25 hours to fix all the spiritual things that you did wrong. It's a positive. It's a positive commandment. It's a positive night. Chas <laughs> v'shalom to stay up Shuas night and talk to your friends. Don't stay up. I told my boys, I take a tynes dibur is night, not when I'm eating, but for when I leave my house to go to shul. I make up, I will not talk to anybody about anything until I'm finished davening. Anything in learning? Absolutely. Anything in learning? For sure. But I will not talk about anything else. Because, imagine, on the night of your wedding, you go to the hotel, you go into the hotel room, and it's you and your husband for the first time on the first night, and he whips out a cell phone. And the whole night, you're sitting there, and he's on the phone. You think that marriage has a chance? I don't. I don't. She'll call the first thing in the morning, she'll call her mother and say, Get me out of this marriage. Michigan on my first night we're together in a hotel room, that's what he did. He took out a cell phone and he talked to his friends tonight, or vice versa. You know, I'm always on the guy. Maybe the girl took out the cell phone. And she's talking to her friends in Israel. I got married, haha. Belgium, I got married. <laughs> Australia, I got married. <laughs> right? And the whole night till the morning till the till the sun comes up, she's busy jabbering on the phone, right? And he's like, This is not for me. <laughs> that's how Koj Baku feels. If the night of Shuus, which is our night of Yichud, in the hotel room, so to say, we're together with Hashem, on such a high level, that your neshama is like, flying, shuus night, more than any other night, because it's, be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. it's like, whatever you had by the Seder, what I told you, that was the engagement, engagement, is just taking on a responsibility, that I will get married, but you can break an engagement, so you may not get married, it's a, I hope so, my plan too, that's Pesach, shuus night, you got married, it's a crazy Kedusha that's in this world. You have to be so careful that that night, if you're not learning, don't sit and read God. Don't, don't study for your finals. Chas I mean, just, just, think, just, just think that you got married and you're in the first night, you're in the room with your husband and you take out your biology book and you're like, listen, I can't talk to you tonight even though we just got married. I got to study. I'm in college. I-, I got a final. You can leave my room, take your book and go home. What, are you kidding me? You, you, you booked your biology book to study for your final? Is that limo still downstairs? Go, go home. That's your night. You have to be so careful tomorrow night. If you're not going to stay up all night, it's fine. It's not a problem. It's not a mitzvah. It's a minog. It's a minog. And it's a minog because we got up late. Because the guys got up late. That's why women don't have to stay up all night. Because you actually were up early that morning. We got up late. Why did you wake us up? You probably tried. <laughs> you probably tried. The women didn't do it. The women didn't do the Egel, and the women didn't do, and women didn't get up late. So that's why they don't have this. It's just if we would have gotten up on time, we wouldn't be up all night for this night. The the chachamim and the tzaddikim and those who don't understand the yichud of Hashem, they might have been up all night. But most people wouldn't have been up all night. It's a very big in to understand which is. But which is a time to be happy if you're not happy you see that, that and i think that's what i'm trying to tell you about my father so everything was a game we, we sat by the shabbos table i'll just give you an example we sat we sat by the shabbos table my father made a game out of parshas what does that mean he would say the first letter of a pasha and he would say the last letter of a pasha and then you had to say what that pasha was and it was me always me against my brother right and whoever would say it first he would get a point, and at the end of the game, we'd see who gets more points. So vav lamed would be vayakel, be would be pukude, base top would be bereshis. I can do it. In you can throw me any our top is achre mos kuf memeth Kadoshim. This is from when I was a little boy, when we walked down to shul. Right? He didn't. We we had this contest going down to shul. Learning was always a contest. The the Pasha of Shavuah was a play that me and my brother and my sister put on when I was nine years old, every single Friday night, in front of my parents after the meal. Torah was simcha. Torah was happiness. So you know why a lot of girls and boys are off the derech? Because to them, Torah is a voida. It's work, it's pressure, it's tests. Ugh, I hate it. And therefore, since that represents Judaism, I hate Judaism. And since Judaism represents God, I hate God. Because God's not fun, because his Torah's not fun, and his religion's not fun. Now, I don't mean fun like American fun. It'd be simcha. Happiness. Yes, you can have cheesecake. And you can have flowers. And you can learn Torah a whole night and enjoy it. Otherwise, you're saying exactly. couldn't have said it better. What a privilege. We did that. We said to Hashem, what do you got? What's the present? Give it to me, Nasa, Give it to me. I want it right now. What happened to that? Now it's, why Nasa? Why do I have to do this? Just the opposite. Now we put a little question mark. Why Nasa? It's Nishma. Tell me exactly what's going on. I want to know exactly what it says there. I want to know who wrote it. What rabbi? Where did it come from? We got all these questions. A million questions. I sat with a girl yesterday, she had a million questions. Nothing original. So, when Amalek had the same question, I see so many kids suffering, and God is all powerful. Why didn't you just stop all the suffering and take away all the sickness? A lot of questions. Everybody has questions. If, you, if the person that gives you the present, which is Hashem gives us life, if you don't trust him, you don't love him, you talk talking have a million questions. And that's what they said. My Isbe, what's in there? what you got in that book? I don't I, I to know the ingredients before I eat it. Kali Israel said, no, no, give it to me. And wow. Why do they say nishma? If you said nasa, what's the nishma? You said I'm going to do it, right? So if I'm going to do it, why do I need to know the details? And the answer is, if you love something, I want to know what's in there. And, and maybe you can make me some more. Maybe I can get some more. That's what staying up all night's food is. I normally learn an hour. But tonight, I want to know more. It's a wedding. It's a simcha. It's a dance. It's a happiness. It's an anniversary. It's a time to be happy. You need to sleep tomorrow a little bit? Go to sleep tomorrow for two, three hours. You know, I, I, did, I tried to sleep. I did sleep two hours before my wedding. In the morning, I went to sleep because I wanted to be up for my wedding. I'm not walking around throwing up the whole time. I wanted to be up and I wanted to have energy. So I ate carefully the day before. It didn't help. But I ate carefully the day before and I slept. They slept you around like a machine. They spin you around, they throw you around. You come after that wedding, you're like, oh my God. You know, yeah, It's like, who knows, a derby. It's like you went to a derby. But just to prepare So I told my boys, I said, go to sleep tomorrow. To show Hashem that tonight I want to be awake. When the two of us talk, God, when we're in that Yichud room, when we, when we just got married, and we're in our hotel room, I want to talk to you, Hashem. I want, I want, I want, I want to talk to your husband and wife. The Gemara talks about that a husband and wife talk in the middle of the night. There's a certain time that the two of them, when everything's quiet and the kids are sleeping, that's when they talk to each other. That's when they're supposed to talk to each other. Not at all the other times when they're screaming at each other and yelling and there's all this tension. When everything's quiet, that's when you're supposed to talk to each other. Not like one facing that wall and one facing that wall. That's, that's not. You're supposed to talk to each other. That's a marriage. And that's what Shurus is all about. And that's why they're flowers. Because the flowers are supposed to remind us Remember the flowers by the wedding? When we look at these flowers, say, you know what? All these flowers must have been. But for sure, I'm sure that God had a good florist. I'm 100% sure. That if if he decorated Harsinai, right, he was a florist, I am sure that every flower that was ever created in this world was on Harsinai. I have no question. It was all his flowers. It wasn't a big deal to get the malachim or he could have put them on Harsinai. I'm sure that every flower that's in this world was on Harsinai. For sure. For sure. The band was amazing. The band was amazing. They heard it across the world, it says. Not only heard it across the world, but every nation that heard it, heard it in their language. In France, they heard it. In French, in Spanish, in Spain, they heard it in Spanish. Everybody heard it. So tomorrow night is like huge, the next two nights. Absolutely huge. And every time you bake a cake tomorrow, you're baking it for the anniversary for the king that we got married to. And everything that you cook for Shavuos, it's for the meal. It's for the party. It's for the anniversary party. Or, according to according the to Zaya, it's actually for the wedding. Because according to the Zoyar, tomorrow night we're getting married. Not—it's a memory of getting married. We're getting married. Every neshama in this room is getting married to the Shechina. If you want, wow, what a crazy night! And that's how you have. To, that's why we're having shirum tomorrow night. There is no no one else is having shirum for women tomorrow night. Because I felt that if a girl is on that level that she wants to to sit there and to and to learn and to be up in that, when God sends all this kedusha down to the world, she doesn't want to be snoring in her bed. She wants to be part of it. Kol hakavod. Be part of it. You don't have to stay up all night. You didn't sleep late. Okay. So, I want to end with a bracha to everybody. Also, something very fascinating that was told to me yesterday. Don't, don't try to figure it out now. But when you get home, maybe you'll, you'll try to figure it out. That every Jewish name, every single Jewish name, if you take the name, I'll just give you two easy names. Let's say you take the name Sarah. Sarah is Shin, Resh He, which equals... Three hundred and two hundred and five. So it's five hundred and five. So, your name is Sarah, so you as a person, you're equal to five hundred and five. Now, if you take the Mitzmah of the five hundred and five, which means you take the five, zero, and the five, and you add them together, right, it's ten. That's your alter ego. Okay? If you subtract your alter ego from you, which means you're a zero... You took away who you are. You're not about Gaiva, You revatel yourself. Right? You will always find out that the number will equal nine. Nine, I'll show you how we do this. Nine stands for MS. MS is Aleph is one. Mem is four. tough is four. Equals nine. The MS in the world is, no matter who we are, we're nobody. Without God, we're nobody. Without the person, we're nothing. Without Kirsh Baruch we're everything. That's the MS. Now, take the name Sarah, so you have 505, you minus 10, 5 and 5, 5 0 and 5, you minus 10, gives you what? What's 505 minus 10? 495. You take the 495, 4, 9, and 5, what does it give you? 18. The 1 and the 8 equals? 9. Every name that you will take, the core of it will end up, when you come to the single digit, it will always end up nine. Just to give you another name, just to make it... And, and then you'll, you'll realize that it happens by every name. Let's try Rachel. Rachel is Reish Ches Lamed. So that's 238. Right? 238, am I right? Yes. If you take 238, so you say 2 and 3 is how much? 5. Plus 8 is 13. 238 minus 13 equals how much? 225. 225 is 2. 2 and 5. 2, two and 5 is 9. Any Jewish name... That you will do what I just did to, no matter how many names you have, you will always come out to MS. You will always come out to nine. Just an interesting, very interesting. So if you mavatl yourself, the MS is that we're nothing without a karish brachu. Anyway, my bracha to everyone is as follows. When somebody walks in with a nice watch, one of your friends walks into the room with a nice watch, it's about a five, six hundred dollar watch, right? What are you going to tell her? You're going to ask, the first thing you're going to ask her is, wow! Nice watch. Where'd you buy it? Right. Nice dress. Where'd you buy it? First question. If somebody comes in and they're wearing a half a million dollar diamond, right? A beautiful diamond necklace. Wow. You're not going to ask her where you bought it. You're going to ask her who bought that for you. She <laughs> you knows she didn't buy it. So who bought that for you? <laughs> because Baruch gave us the Torah. He gave us his greatest treasure in the world. Everybody else wants to know, who gave that to you? How come we don't? Everybody wants to know, oh my goodness, not where did you get it from, but who gave you this Torah? And let me tell you, I deal with a lot of non-Jews in business. And I hate to say it. And I don't want to be my so maybe I'm not going to say it. But they look at the real Jew, they're in absolute amazement. Shabbos blows them away. So many, blows them away. Tarzan forget about it. There was a book that was written, I don't know, was some kind of mystery. It was a book that was written about a, a woman in California, a Jewish woman, who got killed on her way to a mikvah. And in the book, they wrote the word mikvah, and they wrote, the guy, whoever the writer was, a Jew, whatever it was, he wrote a little bit about the mikvah single non-Jewish woman that I did business with heard about that book and had to know what, what is this thing, it's like, it's like amazing it's like it's like, you people get married once a month they couldn't get over the kedusha of a husband and a wife, they said you don't understand what world we live in you, you. and then I have to get up here and we have to preach, We have to preach and who wrote it and why and this and that and scream and give speeches and they're like in awe you mean a woman is not just a, an item? You mean a Jewish man don't just treat him like an item? Like she's a princess once a month? Oh my God, I wish I was a Jew. And we don't understand that this huge present that the Kurdish gave us that's Yiddishkeit. Is, you're so lucky, we're so lucky. We have this huge present. Who gave it to you? Who gave us the Tyra? Some prophet? Some guy hanging on a wall? Some little fat guy with a big belly that all these religions follow? No! God gave us the Torah. Who gave you the diamond? God gave us it. Why are we fighting it? Why aren't we enjoying it? Why are we being so miserable about this beautiful present that we all have that I have to get up and if I talk about sneers, everyone's like, what? Why do I have to even talk about sneers? Hashem gave you sneers at the where well, you should jump if the king gave you. Not say, what's in it? Explain it to me. I want to know what's in the cake. What's, what's it all about? Nas How do I be more tzniyus? That should be the question. Tell me more. I love being tzniyus. I love being different. I love when people don't look at me that way. That I'm just a piece of meat. I'm a human being and I have a soul. And I have a personality. If you understand what's in the present and who gave the present then you'll be very happy with the present. And I brought it to everyone here that you should be very happy. That's what Rus was all about. Rus was so happy to be a Jew. We didn't want her. We didn't like her. We suspected her of everything. Her simcha was, I just want to be with you. Amech, your nation is my nation. Elotayich, your God is my God. That's all she wanted. She understood Nasib and Nishma. She understood what she was getting. And in that school, she had a Mashiach. She had a she had a she had a who understood the same thing. And in the end of time, she had a Mashiach because she understood. Wow! Now Sevinishma, tell me more. Tell me more. Talk to me more. Tell me more about this beautiful gift that I took already. I have it now. I just want to understand it. We should all have this schuz that that we should practice Judaism and Yiddishkeit and Snias and everything that you stand for, shasani you should practice it with simcha. You should practice with happiness and not feel that it's an oh on your back and oh my goodness, this is on my back and I'm miserable about it. If you're miserable, please don't stay up shuas. Don't show the chassim. Don't show the chassim that you're miserable. If you're happy, bake that cheesecake, smile, make that fish, make the food. It's a yontif. It's a night out with God. It's an anniversary. It's a wedding. Enjoy it. Good yontif.